0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Hi guys, my name is Hallie Keever, And I'm Allison Leiby. And welcome to Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. Uh, Of course, we can't spoil the horror movie we currently live in because we're not, it's not over yet. There's
0: The twist hasn't happened. People are just still trapped in their homes, so. (laughs) Alison, how are you doing? I mean, I'm hanging in there, uh, you know, just alone in a room. Nothing scary or difficult (laughs) to deal with about that at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's never been a horror movie made about just somebody going insane slowly in an apartment, that's for sure.
0: In like a normal apartment where they have like access to things, like not like a white room, like padded cell.
1: But um, I think. But at the end of your movie, we would re- it would be revealed that you had been in the a padded room the whole time. Yeah, but I was just like imagining all the plants that I've been watering
0: every day and like all the stupid snacks I'm making.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, I, I have the opposite. I feel like people are like, "Oh, you're trapped with your significant other. Obviously, you're fighting." I feel like I have the opposite, We're like I'm gonna find out my boyfriend was a figment of, figment of my imagination. Oh yeah, that that's I created, yes, you Yes, know,
0: that's definitely happening. You moved to Los Angeles for a not real person.
1: This whole time, I the person I've just been referring to Dave, and you're like, don't tell her. It's just better if she thinks he's there. She needs, yeah, it, she needs the company. Oh boy, It's just a yeah a broom with a little hat on it. <laughs> what kind of hat? Um, Not a fedora. I was picturing a fedora. Man, I know. Even in my fantasy, I don't have good taste. I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, we we can't complain. Uh. Instead, what we can do is ruin a horror movie. Yeah, we wanted to do some quarantined, uh, pandemic-themed episodes. You know, because we have great taste. Yeah, and there's uh, also no shortage
0: of films that deal with people who are trapped in a place or viruses destroying the earth. So yeah, you know, it's almost like we had all seen <laughs> this coming all along and ignored all the
1: signs. Right, it's like uh, you know, like a Jurassic Park. Like instead of asking if you could do something, you should ask if you should do something. Yes. And we did not ask ourselves that question, and here we are. Any questions. We were just like, oh, we're all going to live forever until climate change eventually drowns us. Oh, boy. Well, we we can't even get into that. (laughs) We're we're going to say that for another episode. (laughs) That's another episode. um, (laughs) Yeah, much like the government's doing. But yeah, so we wanted to (laughs) offer you some, uh, you know, uh, if you're you're experiencing a a quarantine, you might not want to watch movies that are about sort of quarantines or pandemics. So we thought we'll go ahead and ruin them for you so you can experience it through us. And um, the first one we're going to start, kick it off with is, uh, it's aptly titled, because we're all experiencing it right now, is, of course, Cabin Fever. Oh, perfect. Um, the 2002, the original, directed by Eli Roth, and it, which is his first feature. And Allison, uh, you watched the trailer for Cabin Fever. What are your thoughts? I mean, I was mostly jealous that those
0: people were trapped in a place together and had someone mm-hmm. to talk to that wasn't, uh, you know, a broom and a fedora, but... Right. Um it definitely looks scary. I like that it has a, like it has a lot going for it in terms of like timeliness for us. I mean, it's people trapped in a place, seemingly some kind of sickness or virus is mm-hmm. attacking them. Um everyone was hot which is definitely what's happening in my apartment um absolutely you know this is mean a podcast you like physically
1: it's yeah, like it's a podcast, degrees. and you guys
0: don't know if i'm lying
1: or not unless you look me up and then you can make your own decisions um yeah during quarantine we're both incredibly good looking and then yeah. you see us afterwards that's we can not that's something else happened
0: that's different that's different but in quarantine i have a six pack and blonde hair
1: um me too yeah we look great um, <laughs> no i have i have a blonde i have i just have six hairs that's what i have <laughs> Six That's hairs. what I call a six-pack. Just six little hairs sticking six out of my strands head. strands of hair pointing straight <laughs> out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, Allison, I'd say you have a pretty good takeaway from the trailer. Yeah. Um, Feels familiar. Also
0: terrifying.
1: Excited for like a real twist for like what's happening there. Um, and then I always like to take a baseline scary, sort of where Allison is at when going into the film, having sure. not seen it. Um, what is your, how scary do you find the concept of pestilence? <laughs> Very <laughs> great, yeah. I think that's again. That's like one of the reasons. It's one of the four horsemen of of uh, the end times. Yeah, the apocalypse. Is, yes, it's just one of them. Is like death is bad enough, but it's the pestilence you don't want it yeah. to deal with before you die. You know. Yes.
0: Um, I did think I saw a locust on the street the other day when I took myself out for a walk, and I was oh like, "Come my on, God. come on." <laughs> But I don't know what a locust looks like, so I'm sure it was just like a cockroach.
1: I mean, it was probably. A, I mean, I was going to say, oh, maybe a grasshopper, because aren't locusts grasshoppers, or grasshoppers are locusts? Maybe they're like. Is it squares, like not all circle. grasshoppers
0: are locusts, but all locusts are grasshoppers? Kind right. of thing. Yes.
1: Yeah, somebody, please write us in. <laughs> yeah, yell at
0: us if you're an. Ent- Wait, one of them is words and one of them is bugs. Entomologist, I think that's words.
1: Yeah, if you're an entomologist, please tell us <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about, because um, <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> But yeah, I think this uh, the scariness of this movie, I think, um, you know, it's not necessarily torture porn. It does get a little gory. Um, and I feel like yeah. we haven't done a ton of films as of yet that are gory. But even if you are not necessarily scared of horror movies, which I don't tend to scare that often, boy, it just get it gets to your lizard brain. Oh, where yeah. Where even if you're not like, I, I can handle it. You see it, you're like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Just seeing open sores. It's,
0: uh, Open sores are tough because it's not even part of horror anymore. It's really like a biological reaction. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And this this does fall under what I consider sexy. It's a sexy movie um, okay. everybody's because everybody's yeah. young. Mm-hmm. It's young people that are pretty good looking from what I could tell.
1: I agree. I, I do think if we were to see um, five just kind of normal people, it wouldn't be fun you know, we'd be, we'd be too sympathetic. Now they're yeah. hot, they're young. You're like, okay, well, you God we to lose a few this. days. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't want you to succeed past this point. You know, right. I want to see you, um, uh, you know. Die a horrific your- <laughs> death in a cabin. <laughs> so, and, and just, we're, we're going to get started the summary. Allison, give me some, uh, predictions. What do you think will happen in the film? I mean, I was trying to figure out in
0: the trailer, like, what is, happening like is it in their imaginations is it like an actual like virus germ thing or like are they all going crazy because like I don't know there's a gas leak um, mm-hmm. okay but I think it's like fun. I think it's like not whatever I do expect a real twist
1: okay right, I don't know great. what that is
0: though it's like, Trump's the president, or like something terrible.
1: Whoa. Yeah, I, I do like those. I mean, they are a little bit, uh, you know, Twilight zone where it's like, did you really earn it if it's a full-length feature? But boy, I love a last-minute twist. I'll tell yeah. you that, Matt. Oof. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, let us begin with our summary of Cabin Fever by Ely Roth. So we begin. We open on The Hermit What Lives in the Woods. And he finds his dog. His dog has died. He clearly has been dead for a while, but the hermit in the world of the movie doesn't recognize it. He goes to sort of, you know, poke his dog to wake it up. Like you have to do a a regular dog, of course. He lifts the dog's leg, and then blood just jettisons out of the dog's chest into the hermit's face. No, no, no. Dog blood in your face? Absolutely not. Slam cut to a hot college girl in a Jeep heading out of town for a weekend away in a cabin. And <sighs> our characters we have meet so far are Paul, played by Ryder Strong.
0: Great. I okay. love like a Boy Meets World graduation into another. Uh,
1: it is nice. It is uh, nice to see. Art form. <laughs> yeah, to see like a beloved f- a childhood actor actress that you know is probably going to be die momentarily. Yes, it's nice. Comforting. Um, so we see Paul, Karen, Bert, Marcy, and Jeff. And uh, Marcy and Jeff, they're a couple. We know they're dating. Uh, Paul likes Karen, but it seems like Karen's, like, thinks of him as a friend. And then Bert seems like a dumbass who's going to get them all killed. So, you know, they're, they're telegraphing things early. So they're going to the uh, cab of the weekend. They stop at this little general store and they meet a weird little boy named Dennis who sort of has a platinum blonde wig. I think they're trying to make him look albino, but he just looks like he has like a bad Lady Gaga wig on. But I think that that's
0: almost scarier than like a child who <laughs> looks naturally albino. It's one who like found like a white platinum blonde wig and was like, I'm going to wear this around. <laughs> and nobody <laughs> stopped him.
1: Nobody stopped him. It's not Halloween, and nobody's no. addressing it. No one's like, right. oh, that's Dennis. He he loves to dress up, but he, right. you know, it's his wig. No. Nope. They've already talked about it so much, they're like, it's not even worth getting in it, into it. <laughs> it's so scary to imagine. So Paul's kind of, like, teasing Dennis, but, like, in a kind of nice, seemingly, you know, friendly way. So uh, Dennis, of course, bites Paul on the hand. Of course. And, uh, like, a rabid dog. And, uh... You know, Dennis's dad, it looks like a Taron Killam uh, character, tells Paul to go wash his hand in the creek behind the general store. It's like, and why isn't there a sink there? It's uh, the country. It's Ellison. that country? No, it does obviously not. There's clearly a bathroom in the general yeah. store, but for whatever reason, I think we're supposed to, I think it's to see doubt about where exactly he's, we know that the people, the viewer knows well, someone's getting get infected. Is it yeah. from the creek? Is it from Dennis? Right. Paul goes to the creek, he's washing his hands, we hear flies buzzing, and then a bunch of dogs run over and he's petting the dogs, maybe it's from them. Don't pet random dogs near a
0: creek. I think that that should be, like, rule one from this movie.
1: I think it's something that you know, but it's really hard to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, when I see a dog, I am like, I do want to pet it, even if it looks menacing.
1: I remember growing up, like, you know, rabies is, I'm from Ohio, rabies is uh, endemic, I guess is the word. And so my parents were always like, if you see a baby possum or a baby raccoon, do not touch it. And it, and it's like, now as an adult, I'm like, I would have touched it. They had to tell yeah. me that. Like, I absolutely yeah. would have grabbed a little, a little animal oh if God, I could. Oh my God, a tiny raccoon? I'd be like, this is my pet now. Yeah. I'm going to kiss it on the mouth and bring it in the <laughs> house and it sleeps in my bed now. Uh, So Paul's dealing with that, and everyone else is buying, like, sandwiches and beer and kind of stocking up for the weekend. So they meet this old man, Cadwell, who's sort of this old-timey, you know, figure in all horror movies. And he says, you know, essentially, you don't want to go in those woods. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to go there. You know, we're all going to probably die over there. And they find they find a bottle of fox urine. I'm assuming to drive away foxes or is it to attract them?
0: I don't know what foxes and urine like what their relationship right. is.
1: Well, yeah, I guess if you're trying to shoot foxes, I don't know, I could see both situations. I don't know. But I don't way, they, know enough about urine. Well, I think yeah, they, I mean, I'm never going to know enough about urine. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. I think we all there's we all have got a, so a lot of learn. space left. <laughs> I guess we have a lot of time on our hands. We could always learn more. <laughs> yeah,
0: time to become a urine researcher. Um, okay, so there's a bottle of fox urine in the
1: cabin? No, no, in the general oh, store. We're not in the cabin it. yet. And okay. so they say, what's the fox urine for? And he says, oh, for foxes. And uh, Karen says, well, what's that rifle for? And there's a rifle behind the uh, the, the sort of the, the cash register. And uh, Old Man Cadwell says, oh, it's for N-words. But he doesn't say N-words. He says the N-word. Right, which... And, and let me tell you, this movie... It's 2002. This is the last era in which
0: you could get away with that. Yeah, that's really the death rattle of white people saying the N-word on screen in any way, even exactly. if it's to indicate a bad person.
1: And it has like a horror movie stinger and all the kids react like what the fuck? So you know that it's like oh this guy is insane or you know, but still there's also like this is also the last the end of the end, very end of the era of um being able to say the word uh gay as an insult. Yes. Or calling things retarded. Uh let me tell you uh it's shocking to see. It's, it's just it's not even that long ago, but it's like, boy, we really did lead hard on essentially just the word gay, but oh, and so yeah. many terrible words. So many.
0: I've been rewatching stuff from around that era and like, you don't get used to hearing it. You're just like, oh, right. We were just doing that all the time. Yeah, especially like as—I don't mean like us personally, but like as a culture, like like, everybody. Allison,
1: you were—I mean, all be honest.
0: Everything, everything was.
1: (laughs) I'm not even going to say it now as a like as a joke.
0: It feels so terrible.
1: And I, I, I feel like um, it's just so funny. Growing up in the '90s, you really did take it for granted, like how much people were constantly calling things gay. Yeah, of of any using it to mean anything. Anything.
0: It was such a like catch-all for like whatever you wanted to say, but didn't have like the language to properly explain but
1: i'm glad that we got at least we dealt with that before the world ended you know we, yeah. we moved, so we moved nice. things forward a little bit yeah some progress before we all perish in our homes so uh the uh, the ki- i keep calling them kids and um they're but they're college students so mm-hmm. forgive me but i'm gonna keep calling them kids so the college kids go to the ca- uh go to the cabin and marcy and jeff immediately start having sex like wild sex and having a great time, good for them. Uh, and Marcy at some point, like, puts her, his, her fingers up his ass. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a fun, you know, progressive yeah, I like, moment. I like that for them. Um, so Jeff looks up while he's having sex with Marcy, and Bert is just watching them with uh, binoculars through the window, which cool. you don't even need binoculars because he's a foot away. Right, but okay. yeah. What are the,
0: where is, is he getting like inside of someone's asshole with those? Like, what, what's he happening? Wishes.
1: But he's, also, he's laughing and laughing. I don't know. But uh, so so they're doing that, and then Paul and Karen go to the pond. And while they're there, Paul sort of starts to confess his feelings for Karen, who he apparently they've known each other since seventh grade. And first, kind of Karen and blows him right off. Paul is right or strong. Yes, yeah. Okay. And uh, Karen kind of blowing him off. But you're not. I, if we if what I took it is like Karen doesn't really like him, but like she knows they're at the cabin. Like she's either going to hook up with him or Bert, probably. Right. So she's like, well, I'm not going to not you know. So they're out in the keep raft. Your, keep your options open. Yeah, they're on the lake and they're on this raft. And she said, do you ever just like want to kiss one of your friends to see if they're a good kisser? And of course they kiss. Yes, of course. And then Ryder Strong's immediately like, oh my God, like, is this a date? What are we doing? And of course she says, "Uh, is this a date? Don't be gay. It's like, what kind of film is this? And then she barrel rolls off the raft into the lake, which I thought was a fun moment. That's fun. That's fun. I like a little physical comedy after using um, a derogatory term. And so the, these couple, the two couples are kind of, like, coupled up, and then there's Bert. And what Bert is chosen to do is get drunk in the woods. As soon as they get there, get drunk and take a BB gun and just go out to shoot squirrels. I mean, do you, Bert, but, you know,
0: I don't see how that's fun.
1: So he's, he's kind of staggering around, and he's just shooting things he sees in the underbrush, and he shoots what it turns out to be the hermit what lives in the woods. And uh, Bert's like, Wait. oh, sorry. And we look, and the hermit is covered in pustulating open sores. His eyes oh are bleeding. No. So not only he nope. just get shot nope. with a BB gun, which sucks, but he's, he's also clearly dying of some sort of horrible plague. And the hermit's like, please help me, you know. Um, instead of helping him, of course, Bert uh, shoots at the ground, and the hermit kind of falls into this ravine, and Bert runs back to the cabin, does not tell anyone. Okay. How is that
0: not the first thing? How do you not bust open the door being like, uh, this just happened. I shot someone. I he guess, fell down a ravine. He was covered in pustules.
1: Right. And I guess we're to believe that Bert didn't want to get in trouble for shooting at the Hermit. Um sure. Or shooting, I guess he did shoot the Hermit. But, you know, the Hermit, the Hermit was not dying because of the shot. Um Yeah, he Bert's had a, a lot
0: of other stuff going on.
1: Yeah, Bert's a bad dude. and I think he's dumb. And I think this is what we're... Dumb. I think Bert is dumb. Yeah, it's like hurt people hurt people, but also dumb people hurt people in yeah. horror movies. Yes. So cut to that evening, they're all gathered around the fire and they're just like getting drunk. And Paul dares Bart, you know, I I bet you uh I bet you whatever that you can't only drink beer the rest of the time we're here. So he dares Bert. You the only thing you're on drinking is beer. Yes. Okay. But, so, you know, and while they're all Feels gathered at around steaks. Well, you'd think so until you find out, of course, what what water is bringing to them in their life. So, okay. Bert is not drinking water. He's only okay. drinking things they brought. So, they're kind of the, you know, they're all on the fire. And Paul then tells a scary story, which is like a mini horror vignette in Ooh. the movie. Um, and he tells a, a story. A play within a play. It is a play within a play. And within How that play is, uh, within the play is the director, Eli Roth, plays one of the characters. And sort of a, uh, you know, he uh, did the the hostile films, and this yeah. is sort of like a um, torture porn type of little, yeah, like a like a dream ballet, like from Oklahoma, sort of. <laughs> um, and Paul Paul talks about this is like one of those things. Like as a kid, you're like, oh, I heard this story, but I don't know if it's true, right? But you're definitely going to retell it to people, exactly without googling it or, or verifying it anyway. Yeah, no, nothing. So he tells a story about uh, the Brighton Bowl, which is a bowling alley near where he lived. There was a break in, and the burglar tied all the employees up, and then he hit them with a the ball peen hammer in the head, and they ah! took, and they took well wait, and then they took a fire axe and cut off all their limbs. Oh my god! And then started bowling with their arms and legs, I guess, like and, as balls, like using the well, limbs as balls. Exactly. It which, feels like they should be pins. Exactly, and then what should be the the bowling ball? Obviously, their heads. Okay, so <laughs> oh no, the, the one guy who was played by Eli Roth and he's called oh, the no. happy, the happy bald guy. He has his head decapitated and then used as a bowling ball, which of makes course. more sense.
0: And they're showing all like the movie, like shows,
1: yeah, this. It's sort of like in this, like uh, you know, Paul's telling it like a you know campfire story, so and it's then like we're, a dreamy, yeah, like it's all dark and like sort of overhead lighting, like they're in like a the back of like a warehouse, sort of yeah. in the back of a bowling alley. Anywho, and they all start laughing. They're like, Paul, you made that up. That's a lie. You know, th- just you know, it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, it good. was just a little mini for fun, just for fun, just yeah. for fun, <laughs>
0: just for fun. We're going to decapitate someone and use their head as a bowling ball. So suddenly, a guy walks up to the campfire.
1: That guy is also played by Eli Roth. It is not the same character from the dream <laughs> or the retelling. Did they all. not find anyone, or is he
0: like an egomaniac?
1: Well, I don't want to speak to Eli Roth, but I'm assuming it's because he wanted to be in the movie. You know, Stephen twice? King. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. Twice. Absolutely. Twice. But it's like Stephen King or Alfred Hitchcock, you know, would always be in the movies. I think Hitchcock is in all of his. Yeah. So I think he he was just like, well, I want to be there. And he has a, his character has a um, dog named uh, Dr. Mambo. Okay. And the only part that I really laughed at was, uh, Marcy says, doctor, like he's like a doctor of medicine or like a professor. And Eli Roth's character said, yeah, he's a professor of being a dog. (laughs) That's it. I, that's pretty much it. That's you pretty know. good. I gotta say. And they're like, "Hey, we don't really know you. We don't know if we want you to join our group." And uh, his his character, his name is Justin, but he's called Grim. Is the character okay. name that apparently that's his skating name. He brags about doing the X game. X Games Wait, in the movie, that's what the character does. He yes. brags- Well, okay. it was two thousand two. There's nothing cool. Oh, cooler. that's like
0: very yeah. The X Games were kind of the. Um, most important thing happening in sports and culture in the early aughts.
1: Right, I would say jackass and um, <laughs> X and games. X Games. The height, especially for men, like the coolest, like the pinnacle of cool. Yeah, like BMX. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, well, um, I guess I'll have to smoke all this weed by myself, but he has like a giant like gallon bag. bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they're hanging out and then um, it starts raining and they're like, oh, do you want to come inside the cabin? He's like, well, you know, I left all my stuff out, but I'm going to run back to my tent and I'll put my stuff away and then I'll come back. And the implication being like, he's going to stay the night. Meanwhile, okay. while he was there, he and Karen, who is the one that Paul likes. Okay. He were flirting really hard. And it was like, okay. oh, maybe
0: Karen's going to sleep with him. Okay, now I see why Eli Roth is putting himself in movies. He wants to like flirt with like hot girls.
1: Right. I'm not. I'm just going to say Eli Roth don't look bad in this movie. Okay. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm I don't saying? think that he's that attractive guy i've seen photos no, no. And, and again i think the excitement of being this age i mean I, I went to catholic school and i was raised religious so i didn't get to enjoy it but the idea that like maybe we're this cabin maybe i will fuck some random guy yeah and that's, that is fun i mean i again i now that i'm old i i take no pleasure in any of it but no no it sounds terrible i only have fear and exhaustion <laughs> to, to, to yes. get, keep me going that's really all that's
0: fueling any of us in all of our activities quarantine or not
1: So now it's raining and they're inside and they're like, you know, drunk. And like, uh, Karen talks about like using her parents' shower head to masturbate. Nice. And then Bert's like, oh, I have a better story. He tells a story about how he puts, um, oh, his dog stuck his tongue up his ass while he was masturbating. (gasps) And they're like, oh
0: my God, there's so much dog stuff in this movie. There's
1: so much dog stuff. And (laughs) to everyone else's credit, they're all like, oh, Bert. Good, good, good. God, why are we friends with you? (laughs) Not as much as I'd like, but they were like, okay. So there's <laughs> a knock on the door and they run over thinking it's Grim Uh, the guy they were hanging out with. They open it. It's the hermit what lives in the woods. Of course. He is not dead. And he looks, if anything, worse than he did before. He looks horrible. I mean, of course
0: he does. He's been outside in a ravine.
1: And now it's raining. And also he already lives in the, and he's like, I really needed a doctor. And they're like, okay, this looks bad. Yeah. And and then the hermit goes- What did Bert
0: do? Was he like, Well, oh, hey, dude. (laughs) Yeah,
1: hermit's, I mean, Bert's clearly like, okay, uh, you know, like trying to pretend. And then the hermit goes, that motherfucker shot me, and points (laughs) at So there's nothing he can good, do. Good, good. Now, Bert is an idiot. However, Bert is perhaps the only one who does sort of, in his panic, react. The, in, Hey, it's all hindsight, 2020. Bert is the only one who is taking steps that they probably should have taken. Bert slams the door and is like, "There's
0: no way this fucking contagious fucker's coming in here."
1: Bert, he's sick for Christ's sake! No, Christ's sake. fucking, what do you want him to come in here? and to fucking touch all your
0: shit? Yeah, I mean, he is absolutely 100% correct. In exactly,
1: that. and that's the problem with Bert. Is like not the problem. That is Bert's. The nuance of Bert is that he sucks, but is, he's not wrong. Yeah, you know? accidental truth
0: tellers. You know, people who are idiots but do yeah. say the right thing
1: sometimes, and then you just don't know if you're ever supposed to listen to them or not. And so, okay, so they're all, like, arguing, and Paul wants to do the right thing. And, like, you know, Paul and Karen are sort of like, we got to get them him treatment, you know. Right. And the implication is that either they don't have cell phones or there's no reception. So either way, there's no phone. Okay. So uh, so while they're arguing, they hear, I believe they hear the, the Jeep start up. The hermit has gone to the car, and Bert has left the keys inside, and he's oh about God, to drive Bert. away. So because they are all insane or in a panic or whatever, Bert runs out and shoots the car. Because right. he's an idiot. Yeah, and like that's also your car, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, right, like in college, my one of my brother's roommates upper decked the other roommate. I don't. know. Do you uh, know what upper uh, decking is? Yes, of course I know what upper Allison, decking is. Allison, would you explain what it is? Uh, it's taking a shit in the tank of right, uh, exactly. the toilet rather than the bowl. But here's the thing: is that roommate was that guy's roommate, so he yeah, effectively shattered his own toilet. That's your toilet. Uh, again, like you have to clean it. Exactly. It's not so much of a prank. You've pranked yourself. Yeah. So Bert shoots the car because he's an idiot. And then the hermit, I I, I couldn't tell during the movie if people were coughing up geysers of blood or if they were vomiting blood. But I'm going to say coughing because I find that scarier. And he's inside coughing. He's geysers of blood shooting out against the windshield. (laughs) Like this car is immediately a wreck.
0: The blood splatter situations of the two experiences where there has been already seem... yeah. Like, like super. I'm imagining like a super soaker is like shooting out blood from you the imagine dog.
1: Correctly, that's exactly and right then from
0: someone's mouth.
1: But yeah, he he's coughing blood. So great. Bert's Bert's essentially trying to fire shots to the air, and then Paul. Pulling- Wait, so who's coughing blood? The hermit. The hermit. The okay. hermit is coughing blood. There's blood it soaks everywhere. Just, essentially, yes.
0: I'm imagining it like like shooting into the windshield from the yes, inside.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Great. Um, and so you could have been the cinematographer on this movie because that's exactly the shot we're getting. It's weird that I wasn't. You know. And so Bert's sort of, like, firing shots in the air to scare—basically, like, get out of the car. And Paul is like, I have a bat. And so what Paul decides to do is just swing the bat at the car window. No. I guess to scare the hermit, but the window shatters. (laughs) And then at a certain point of this, like, mad—like, mayhem, Paul is just kicking the car's ass. Like, he's (laughs) just hitting beating the car with a bat. It's your car! Right? It's not—like— Whatever you think is going to happen, it, it, you're not achieving it. You know, yes. like you're beating up the outside of a car, your car. Yes. Okay. So then the car, the hermit, in a scared, obviously opens the door and sort of staggers out and he's staggering towards the girls who are like, uh, and one of them sprays him with an aerosol can, aerosol can. I don't know what it is, but it's obviously something, something flammable because Paul grabs like a log out of the fire, which is still over. He runs over to the hermit and then the chemical, which has just been sprayed on the hermit explodes into flames. So the hermit is on fire and then he runs into the trees.
0: Oh, like, but that seems like a very unsustainable situation just from a fire perspective. Like, how is he not going to, like, burn all of the forest down? Well,
1: I guess the idea is that we, that it is... Oh, it is raining. But I think that's a fair point. Now, Allison, my larger question is, at this point in the movie, what would you do? I mean, once he left, I mean, it's tough because he's
0: been in the car. So, like, even if the car is still drivable, I'm like, did he get all that disease all over everything? Um because I would yeah. want to be like everybody get in the car we're leaving like we're not this is absolutely not a place we can stay. Right. Provided the car is maybe not drivable or I don't want to get in it because of the virus mm-hmm. or whatever was wrong I'm going to keep saying the virus because of reality but yeah. um or whatever he was sick with like being in there and transferable I would maybe make someone else get in the car and go drive to a phone. <laughs> right.
1: Well, here's what they decide to do. So they go back inside. Paul's like, he was probably extinguished by the rain. Wishful thinking. Oh, great. Bert's like, he's dead. He is covered in some sort of disease. We killed this guy. We are not calling the cops. And tomorrow we will find someone to fix the car. Of course, the car is covered in blood and totally, totally, which I'm assuming most mechanics would be like, um, Uh, I don't think I can give you like, yeah, I can't. I have to call the cops, you know.
0: (laughs) Right. I can't just like clean this up and pretend like I didn't see anything.
1: So in the morning, how are they supposed to sleep until tomorrow? uh, People uh, behave in such a way that would imply that nothing could keep them from sleeping or fucking, which is not my experience of a quarantine. My sleep has been crazy. So I guess so. In the morning, I guess it stops raining. Whatever. So Jeff and Bert walk off to find somebody to fix the car on foot. So they are in the middle of nowhere. They're going to try to walk somewhere, and Marcy. Also decides that she's just going to, like, there's got to be, like, a cabin around here besides ours. I'm going to try to find a phone. So she storms off. Meanwhile, we see the hermit's dead body has fallen in the lake. Okay. Of course it has. And you know what else is at the lake? I don't know. A pipe that is bringing water to the cabin. Oh, my God. Unfiltered?
0: I mean, that's the implication. I can't imagine that, like, if you could see the pipe that goes from the lake to the house, that in between there's, like, a sophisticated filtration system.
1: Well, even if we were to give that cabin that credit, it's not filtering out whatever this is. Yeah. No, this is different.
0: This is not just, like, pieces of dirt.
1: So we see that Paul—that we see, like, everyone in the cabin is, like, drinking, at this point, the water, right? Right. So uh, Who everyone was only hesitant. drinking beer, uh, Paul, Bert. 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 Okay, yeah. So Bert, so he and Jeff are the ones walking around. So they go to find somebody, and there's a lot of really great lines. Everyone's kind of arguing, and Marcy says, "Paul, that guy asked for help, and we lit him on fire," which is an excellent line. That is a good line. So Bert and Jeff, they walk uh, to a farm, and they find, like, this lady butcher who's, like, slaughtering hogs, and we see all of the pigs are also infected and, like, covered in, like, their intestines Ugh. are all yellow and, like, disgusting. Ugh. And And they say, oh, sorry, we need to find a mechanic. She's like, oh, I don't have a phone, but I have a CB radio. Here, come in. And they go in, and and they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, we, this hermit came to our, our cabin and whatever. We think he was sick. And she goes, oh, it wasn't my cousin Henry, was it? And we see a framed photo. The hermit was her cousin. Of course. Henry also, like, to be
0: like, it wasn't my cousin Henry, as if they would know like that it was both Henry and that Henry was her cousin is crazy.
1: Right. But then they look and they do realize it is that him. it isn't him. So then they're like, oh, shit, we can't talk about it with this woman. And eventually, if they find this guy's body, we've already like implicated myself ourselves yeah. in our death. So they're like, oh, you know, actually, we're just going to walk to town. It's a great day. You know, we're just going to go. So they start to walk around, uh, and we see Marcy's also looking for places. They end up at a cabin to try to find a phone. They go in there; nobody's there, but there's no phone. Okay. So they've been unsuccessful so this far. This is a real no phone movie. Also, I guess we're to believe that it's just so remote that there's no one around, which I don't want to go ever go on vacation to that kind no, of place. That's Too not far. A so back at the cabin, there's a knock at the door, and Deputy Wilson Winston has arrived. Deputy Great. Winston. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, we had reports of a commotion. And Paul's like, oh, yeah, this, like, disease guy tried to break in, and I had to kick that car's ass to get him to leave. (laughs) And Deputy Winston's like, hey, don't worry about it. It looks like you guys are here to party. Like, he's a full creep. Ooh, and he's like hey like you know like you guys are here to like have fun with these girls. No. And he's like oh Ugh. shit. And he's like uh, he's like when I was younger I got so much pussy. Meanwhile like, Deputy Winston's like 24. Like he's not an older <laughs> man, he's just gross. But he's Ew. like and and he's like I'm I'll glad tell that we you have what, that
0: element in this movie too. It's like there's so much going on but like let's make sure there's some disgusting misogyny. <laughs>
1: Right. And I guess we're to believe that like Paul then didn't want to leave the girls alone because of this guy. And he's like, um, but, okay. but Deputy Winston says, you know, I'm going to call a mechanic and he'll come to the tow truck. It might not be tomorrow until tomorrow morning, but we'll, we'll get you out of here. Okay. Paul should have said, we're going to get in your car and drive, but yes. whatever. Right. That's um, when you get in a cop car. Yes. And so, but I guess it were to believe between like the car being all broken up and the fact that they murdered a hermit, they yeah. you know, they're trying to play Let's it easy. Try and stay away from law enforcement. Yeah. So they so uh uh Bert and Jeff come back. Paul's like, okay, that the police officer is gonna send a mechanic. So we'll just try to like clean up the car. And if we can get the car working, we'll leave. But if not, we'll there's a mechanic coming. So they go, and as they try to fix the car, a dog shows up, and it's Dr. Mambo, who's oh, Eli his Ross' dogs. character. And he's seemingly rabid, or somehow infected. He's just like barking and slobbering and professor it's of rabies. <laughs> professor of having rabies. <laughs> um, and so you know, they're they're trying to like get the car together, trying to clean up, and uh Karen doesn't feel well. So uh Karen's sort of the first one to be like, I gotta go lay down. Okay. So um They're not able to leave that evening, but uh, Paul goes to lay down with Karen, and they kind of wake up. I think it's supposed to be, like, the early evening or whatever, and they start to hook up, and Paul sort of, like, goes to finger her, and seemingly, like, he is fingering her, and there's, like, all this, like, squishing, horrible noises, and, oh then, my God. and then he lifts up the blanket, and he's not fingering her; he's fingering a gigantic open wound in her upper thigh. Oh my That's God! What he's been fingering, yeah. Oh it's my God! Rank. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! That's it so is gross. Rank. So he he obviously freaks out. and He runs to the bathroom, and it's covered in blood. Also, is she awake? Um, yes, she's awake, but she's sort of like in and out of it. So, like, I I think we're to think like he assumed that she was like really into it, when in reality but, she's just, like, yeah moaning in distress, basically.
0: Yes. Also, like, nothing like a like a nap where you felt sick to wake up from to try and have
1: sex. Like, oh, that's, nothing like, the makes worst. makes me hornier. <laughs> so he runs to the bathroom, it's covered in blood, and he goes to get everyone else. And I think we're going to think, like, Karen got up in the inner, in those hours and was, like, already coughing up blood, like, yes. that stage. And so uh, everyone runs in. They're like, oh, my God, she's got what the hermit's got. And Bert's like, everyone out of the room, we're putting her in the shed. Okay. Yeah, Bert has some good ideas. As awful as that yeah. is for Karen, like, that's not
0: a bad idea.
1: The scariest shot in the movie to me is that they all file out of the cabin with a mattress, and then Karen follows in, like, a fleece blanket. Oh, my God. And they put her in the shed. And it's not a great, like, it's not a really course, nice shed. It's yeah, not a the she- shed's
0: not, like, a guest house. It's not a she-shed, okay? No, it's not a
1: it's
0: not a she-shed.
1: And Karen says, fuck you guys for making me do this. I'm gonna die in here. And it's like, Yeah, you are. You are, are. Gary. You know you are. Um, And it's like, no, we're going to, everyone, someone's going to stay out here all night. We have the gun in case that dog comes back. You'll be fine. Like, we'll talk to you through the door. And we, at a certain point, Marcy brings her food and uh, opens the door. And Karen's face is just fucked. And she's smoking a cigarette. And she goes, better close the door, Marcy. Don't want to affect anyone. Oh my God. Wait, how is her face? Fucked. Like it's what's like red. Like the skin is already sort of like starting to like open decay. up. Decay. Oh yeah. god. And so she's just like, just like sitting
0: there smoking. Is she like what's her? Just is she
1: like? Does it seem like she's like possessed? No, she's just pissed. Okay. She is angry that they. Okay. Have, she's pissed. She, okay. But she's right. Oh, that she doesn't understand social distancing, but she is right. Right. That this is a bad turn of events. Yes. Yes. So um. So anywho, so that night, Paul's like, okay, I know it's a night, but I'm going to try to, you know look for a place so he goes he wanders around till he finds another cabin and then of course he looks in the cabin window and there's a beautiful nude woman um on a bed and then the woman's husband comes out and is like why are you peeping on us he's like oh no sorry i was trying to find a phone my friend's dying and the guy's like if you don't leave i'll fucking shoot you and he has a gun so paul runs away paul blows it all by being horny unfortunately and that's another thing is like there's it's a very horny movie in a way that like if this was happening no one would be, even the horniest person yeah. would not be horny.
0: Yeah, no, nothing. This all sounds like the opposite of like sexually arousing.
1: Yeah. So we go, we goes back to the cabin and Marcy's like, I made chili, but nobody's eating the chili. Oh my it's God. like, I also washed like, all the Chili bullies. is like
0: not what I would want to just visually be consuming during this experience. It's too close.
1: Exactly. So they're there and they're all kind of freaking out. They inspect each other's bodies for um, Mark's. Okay. And um, they are sort of all freaking out. And then Paul looks over at Bert and says, Bert, you lost the bet. And we realize that Bart ha- Bert has been drinking the water. Oh, so no. at this point, but the, at this point, it's, it doesn't even matter because they're all trapped in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in the morning, they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. That dog still, Dr. Mambo keeps running around like barking and like going crazy. Yeah. Like Karen is sick. Like it's a matter of time before all of us get sick. So in the morning, Bert is finally able to get the car started. Unfortunately, Great. while he's fixing up the car finally, we see him start to cough up blood. So Bert oh, no. now is coughing up blood. So they go to get Karen. She looks horrible. She looks like the hermit did. They pick up the mattress, and they take her to the car. And they go there, and um, Bert also has a sore on his groin, which he does not tell him about. Of course. And so they get there, and everyone's going in, and Jeff's like, I'm not getting in this car with Karen. First yeah. of all, it's still covered in hermit blood. They did the best they right. could.
0: Yeah, but like, you're never going to really deep clean your way out of that.
1: Yeah, and so they go and they put Karen in the car. As soon as they put her in the car, Karen starts coughing and puking blood everywhere. Great. So now it's fresh, obviously, you know. So Jeff's like, we fuck just you. We just finished that. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff's like, fuck you, I'm leaving you. He leaves Mercy and he abandons them and basically just runs into the wood to, to hide, essentially. Oh He's I not even going to get that's help. Right. He steals all the beer and he runs to the woods and hide. And you knew that Jeff was an asshole because he has a bleach blonde, sort of long oh, hair. Yep, got it. So you know that he's a monster. Yeah,
0: he's, yeah, a monster.
1: And so Bert's like, fine, then I will go myself. And Bert, we, they kind of picked up on the fact that Bert is sick. But either way, Bert is doing the right thing, which he's saying, I'm going to go get help. Yes. Uh, if if I get infected by the car, I'm already in here. Right. So he okay. he drives to town while Marcy and Paul tend to Karen and Jeff, the fucking coward, runs into, Run into the woods. Okay. Yeah. Which leads me to the question that I have to ask at this point in the movie. Allison, who will survive?
0: Who will survive? I mean, not Karen. Right. Okay. That's a fair guess. I want to say, not um, who ran into the woods with bleach blonde hair? Jeff. Mm hmm. I don't. I not Jeff, just because I don't want him to survive. This is more like me like projecting onto the plot.
1: No, I mean that's. I think you're picking up on some clues here that I think are very important. Yeah, you're a dick. You better die in the woods. Um, I hope
0: and think that because he's the lead character, that Ryder Strong Paul Mm -hmm. will survive. Okay. And, Marcy? Yeah. And everyone else die. And everyone else dies. Okay, great. I think Eli Roth dies. Yeah, I think when the detective or the deputy Winston deputy to Winston will die.
1: Okay, <clears throat> so we're we're in it now. All right, Bert drives into town, and uh, to he's trying to he's going back to the general store to be like we need help or or, or yeah. something. know. Um, while he's driving, Marcy's like it's like being on a plane when you know it's gonna crash. Everyone around you is screaming, yelling going down, we're going down. All you really want to do is grab the person next to you and fuck the shit out of them because, you know, you're going to be dead soon anyway. <laughs> Marcy and Paul fuck. During this? Uh, while this, as soon as Bert, Karen is di- back in the shed dying. Yeah, Bert's going to die in that car. Right, and P- Jeff ran in the woods, Marcy and Paul fuck. And it's amazing. I mean, it's just like the most insane thing. That's nuts. That's the worst time I can imagine having sex. Yeah. So and Karen's in the shed. She's clearly dying on a mattress, like alone. Right. And to me, the scariest part is because I'm like the most of human history are people like dying alone in a shed because yes. like we didn't have treatments for medicine. Like it's yeah, like until, that like, was
0: so recently in the course of human events.
1: Right. And uh so that's I, I find it very terrifying. Yeah. So um So Marcy and Paul fuck, and Paul afterwards pours Listerine on his dick, which I did think was funny. That is funny. And Marcy's in the, she's washing up, and she turns around, and there are marks on her back that are starting to open up. So Marcy, yeah. Okay, so So she's she's also All right. So meanwhile, Bert makes it to the general store. And he's like— Way to go Bert. And he's like, but he's like so flustered. He's like, oh, but the cabin and blah, blah, blah. And Dennis, he's talking to Dennis's dad, and Dennis— Dennis jumps off the uh, porch um, yelling, pancakes, pancakes. Of course. And Dennis bites Bert. The implication being the like— The first time is he, bought, he bit Paul. Yes. Okay. So now I think we're to think, like, now he's R.I.P. Dennis. Like, he's definitely yeah. going to—
0: Of course.
1: And— oh,
0: um, interesting. I forgot about Dennis.
1: Yeah, and Dennis's dad is like— he, I think that, that then Dennis' dad looks at Bert and was like, you look sick. And it's basically like, if you get my kids sick, I will kill you. Like, if there's something wrong with you and you brought it in my town— yeah, you brought this here, and right. Okay, I could see that. And now you're spreading it around. And then he goes into the cabinet, into the general store, and basically gets his hillbilly posse and was are and decide they're going to shoot and kill Bert.
0: Oh my god, that's like if you're going to die, you're like, this isn't how I saw it happening.
1: Right, being chased down while I'm dying of a plague and shot by a hillbilly, hillbilly posse. But you know what? They're very organized because then they are immediately chasing Bert in his car. Okay. Wow. Okay. So they're going. And in the meantime, Paul goes to try to find Jeff and be like, "We are going to just walk out of here. Me and Marcy, we're going to try to drag Karen out of here and yeah, get and We're going to walk our way to safety." Yeah, which okay. they should have done two days ago or whenever the first right. day we were there. And so he gets there, and then he arrives at the lake, and we realize it's not a lake; it's a it's a reservoir. I mean, it is a lake, but it's being it's right. the water source for the town. And the he sees the hermit's bodies in the water. Okay. Um. And so he runs back, and he runs back to the cabin. You know, and by the time he gets there, um. Bert is sort of arriving at the same time. And, you know, they're both in a panic. And Marcy has chosen this moment, this moment where we know that their friend is dying in the shed. Her boyfriend abandoned her. She just had sex with Paul to shave her legs. Oh, my God. In the bathtub. Now is not the time. And for some reason, she doesn't notice that her skin is already full of sores. So as she's shaving, the skin is tearing off revealing gigantic open wounds and ulcers in her legs. No. No. She she freaks out and screaming and in a panic runs outside and, of course, is killed by uh, the dog, Mr. Mambo, who then eats her. Of course. Okay,
0: the dogs are so, like, scary in this movie.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's sort of like, uh, you and know, active. not to, again, make an analogy to our situation, but it does seem like we're able to give it to animals. Animals can spread it to humans. You know, you hate to see it, but you it is, it is it. sort of like a rabies type of, you know, yeah, situation. That's what it feels like. Um, so, yeah, so finally Bert gets there, and it's now we're it's Bert and Paul are the only ones that are still at the house. Okay, wow, so Marcy died. All right. Um, She deserved it for shaving her legs at a time like this. Yeah. And Bert's like, "Um, these hillbillies are coming. And they essentially have like a square off where Bert shoots one of the hillbillies. um, And Paul attacks them with a shovel. Right. And um, they killed the hillbillies. And uh, the only people. All of them. Dennis's dad dies. Paul stabs him with a stick, which I don't think you should be able to do. Like, I don't think a stick could do that. I don't think you can. Yeah.
0: But... All right. So, in the world of this movie, sticks are deadly.
1: Exactly. So in the sort of scrum, Bert is killed. The hillbillies shoot Bert, but then also Paul kills essentially all the hillbillies. And he goes into the, um, the cabin and to try to get Karen. And not only is Karen, well, she's not dead, but Karen, the door has come open and Dr. Mambo has eaten Karen's face. Cool. The dog. And she's K- dead though. No, she's not dead. How? Okay. And so she looks at him, and so he Paul takes it upon himself to mercy kill Karen with a shovel. Oh my god! By beating her head in. Okay. So Paul has gone. You know, he's past the uh, the point. Uh, you know, he's he has now committed several murders. Yes, but, but he's, he's not showing any symptoms of no. being sick. Yeah, okay. but he decides he's going to try to go find Jeff. Why? I mean, fuck Jeff it's at like, this let point. Jeff sorry, and his stupid hair die in the woods. Yeah. Also, Jeff doesn't want to be found. You know what I mean. Right. And so they go and uh, he finds a cave, and inside is the body of Grimm, played by Eli Roth, the owner yeah. of Dr. Mambo. And he is extremely dead and also eaten by his dog. Yes. So Paul's like, well, now that I've killed everyone else, I guess I'll just take this truck. He takes Bert's truck and um he is, you know, driving erratically. He hits a deer, and the deer shoots through the windshield no. and is kicking its legs and screaming and spraying of blood. So then he has to shoot the deer with a shotgun that was in the car. And uh, the, you know, of course, there's then there's deer blood spraying in his face, all this kind of stuff. Needless to say, the car, Bert's car stops working after it's taken oh. all this abuse. Wow. And he has to get out and walk. And he's walking and he finds a group of people partying. And it's a bunch of uh, other younger, I guess like high school yeah. students but with Deputy Winston, who's like hitting on the underage Ew. girls. Ugh. And another funny moment in this movie where he staggers up and he's like, I thought you were calling a tow truck. And, and Deputy Winston's like, Oh, you know, I did, but the tow truck broke down. So then I had to call another tow truck. So I'm really sorry, but we were going to send you one. Like, you just clearly <laughs> forgot. It's just like yeah. making up a story. And while Paul Paul's covered, drenched in blood, yes. the deer blood mostly, but covered in blood and, you know— and as they're standing there, Winston gets a call on his police radio. That's like, there's a group of cabin full of college kids. They're on a killing spree. They killed all these hillbillies. <laughs> They've got a communicable virus. So for the love of God, don't go near them. And all of the high school kids are like, have their like one beer. They're all staring at Paul <sighs> while this is over the radio. And that's pretty funny. And they and Deputy Winston's like, because he's so stupid, like slowly realizing it. And the radio says, if you see the kids, just shoot them on sight. Oh my God. Also, that's an insane, like, command. Right. I mean, I guess it's uh, somebody's probably I said get, it, but I mean, yeah. So, uh, so there's like a little like acoustic guitar, a guy playing acoustic guitar in the group, and so he hits Paul with a guitar naturally, and Paul immediately starts coughing and choking up blood and is spraying okay. these kids with blood. Oh my god! Thus, teaching us the importance of social distancing, and now we know six feet might not even be enough. Um, and so uh, Deputy Winston tries to like get Paul, and Paul runs to the road, and he collapses, and he wakes up in a hospital. And like, a, tr- a trucker found him and brought him to the hospital. Okay. And while he's there, he overhears the sheriff talking to the doctors, who are like, we've got to transfer him. And the sheriff is basically like, let me take care of it. <gasps> Impl- we're going to cover it up. So he's like, we'll transfer him to Cook County, quote-unquote, which I'm assuming means we're in Illinois, but, you know, so Winston tra- quote-unquote transports Paul. We don't see what happens to Paul. But the implication the sheriff has has put into our minds is that there's a cover-up. Yeah. In the morning, Jeff crawls out of, like, from under a tree. Jeff? Jeff, and he goes back to the cabin. And he's crying, and he's, like, celebrating. He's like, I fucking ready. <laughs> shot by the sheriff and the sheriff's right. men and they start making a bonfire to burn the bodies. Of course. And then we cut to the end. Um, we see Paul's body has been thrown essentially in the river. So Dep- uh, Deputy Winston transported him quote unquote and is going <sighs> to probably, you know, just say this never happened. So right. his body is now also in the water infecting the water source for this town. And it ends on again the most 2002 possible clip which is we, we're back at the general store and we see some black college students oh going and they're playing like scary music like, oh, my God, they're going to interact with old man Cadwell, this racist. And they go back in and he gets the rifle out and you're like, what the fuck? And then he gives it to them. He's like, oh, these are for you, implying that the gun was for them, like he it was getting fixed by them. And then they all fist bump and then like they're friends. And then at the end, it's like a, a scene where like the black college students are hanging out with like um, a bluegrass band, and they're all, and it's like, then you see all these tourists coming for the season to, like, buy stuff. Okay. Uh, and the implication being, like, they're all going to get infected. There's, like, yes. a lemonade stand. These kids are, like, setting up, and everyone's drinking the lemonade, and it's like everyone's going in the creek. And then finally at the end, you see a truck drive-away called Down Home Spring Water, which isn't a twist, but the idea is that this water has been sold, and they're now going to be distributed to the rest of the United States.
0: Okay. I have a lot of questions still. Somehow, <laughs> great, lay 'em on me. But like, where did it start? How did it? start? It's the dog and
1: the hermit. I think this is a classic. Uh, I think virus it, jumping from. Yes, I think the dog had it to people, and I think I don't know whether we're supposed to think it's like rabies or something like that. But yes, yeah, some sort of virus leapt from the dog to the hermit, and we just don't. It just originated and then it in just nature. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about sort of, le- we, do, we do a segment called Fatal Mistakes. Fatal Mistakes. So this is Fatal Mistakes Cabin Fever Edition or what I would like to call Lessons in Social Distancing. Yes, I think
0: so, that's a great title for this.
1: So what are some lessons we can take from this film, Allison?
0: I think like social distancing should also, apply, like they should have left immediately. Like the yes. second that that hermit showed up Honestly, also it's on Bert like if somebody if we we're staying at a cabin, you and mm-hmm. I and some of our friends, and one of our friends went off and like shot a hermit covered and open source right. into a ravine. Which and I didn't don't think would happen. I don't think that would happen, but some, you know, you never know. Exactly. And didn't tell like he should have told that. Yes. Cause then this the first reaction would be like, We're not staying here. Absolutely. This is crazy. So that would be my biggest and for, like all
1: of this would have easily been avoided had yeah. they, you know, discussed that event. And my lesson from it is, be like Jeff, get yeah. booze, and just go hide in the woods. Jeff's main—his mistake was that he didn't social distance long enough. Yeah. no, He, he came d- out too It wasn't soon. over yet. Exactly. And that's why he was killed by the sheriffs. Um, I wanted to give you—this um, uh, was, again, like a very horny movie in a situation where yes. I, I find it hard to believe anyone would be horny. It's so unrealistic. But I think. It, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, look— I've seen people tweet about being really horny right now. And I'm like, I don't know. This is absurd. No, I mean, do what no. you got to do. But like, you can, how do you read Twitter at all and still be horny? I don't and be know. be like, horny. Yeah, I got so, it. So um, I was going to give you some scenarios from uh, horror movies in which I'm asking you, do you think you'd be horny in this okay. scenario? Okay. okay. Great. Great game. Okay. So in, here's the scenario. This is the entire town is hunted by a ghost-faced killer. Not to mention, your dad is missing, and your mom was murdered the year before. No,
0: yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I would or could be, yeah, horny in that scenario. And that is, of course, from Scream. Yes. Um, oh, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's still so much sex in that movie. Um, in your hospital shower after being attacked by a werewolf. No,
0: I don't think I could be horny in that scenario. I
1: appreciate the the pause, though. <laughs> I was like, I don't know,
0: showers like. You're like, fi- you might finally feel safe for a minute. That's and like true. your, whatever, like animal urges. Uh, literally. Could, literally uh, could like reclaim a little bit of your mind, but.
1: No, to be fair, this is also not. a hospital shower. I want to be clear. Okay, yeah. No, no, I couldn't do it. Um, and that's, of course, from American Werewolf in London. Yes. And then uh, for revenge, you have sex uh, and you have teeth inside your vagina. Yes. Okay, great. And that is from the movie Teeth. Right.
0: Vagina dentata. Um, yeah. I mean, I could get there.
1: Um, and then finally, I had a couple, of, like, would you rather questions. Okay. Cabin fever additions. Great. And this is sort of like, where, where would you rather be trapped during a cabin fever-esque outbreak? Okay. Okay. Would you rather be trapped in a remote cabin in the woods like the movie? Okay. Or a cruise ship? A cabin in the woods. I could eventually walk myself
0: somewhere. If I needed to, and a, a cruise ship is just like ultimately everybody
1: dies. And I also do feel like if you're in the woods, you could go to the bathroom in the woods, but a cruise ship, eventually those toilets are going to break.
0: Yeah, there is like a real plumbing situation that would need to get dealt with. Okay. And also you're stuck with the kind of people who take cruises.
1: Absolutely. Which so I think you, is scarier
0: than any virus. I mean, I just
1: assumed you and your parents would be
0: on a cruise. I'll be no. honest. We do not. No, you're not not. we are not cruise people. We are not cruise. We are very
1: anti-cruise. All right, how about, oh, would you rather be trapped in an Arby's or a Long John Silver's?
0: Oof. I mean, they both have a lot of staying power as those foods are exclusively preservatives. So That's you true. could That's last a, very a long good point. time. Um, I feel like fish
1: is a little healthier, so I'm going to say right. a Long John Silver. I'm going to say the same thing. I have no, yeah. I love Long John Silver's. I haven't been there in, do they even exist? I don't even know. I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> well, RIP Long John Silver's, I mean, if they do exist, I hope they make it through. I know, me too. And then finally, would you rather be at, the, at a public bathroom in a Starbucks or in oh a public God. bathroom at a Barnes and Noble? Keep in mind, people will be using them the entire time you're there.
0: So I'm in that bathroom and people are coming in and using the bathroom yes. while I'm in the bathroom? You were
1: you not allowed to leave the bathroom. <laughs> Other people are coming in and out, though.
0: I can't believe those people are able to go to the bathroom with me just standing in there. Um, They're just ignoring
1: the social distancing. They just gotta yes. go to the bathroom.
0: I'm going to say Barnes and Noble because I could grab some reading material and at least like stay vaguely occupied. And Mm -hmm. I think like the people in a Barnes and Noble are there allegedly to buy books. um, Whereas a Starbucks, it is just a public restroom that happens to sell coffee outside.
1: (laughs) Um, I completely agree. And finally, the last thing we like to do is we're going to rate this movie on the spooky scale.
0: Spooky scale.
1: And on on a scale of one to 10 screams, Allison, what do you give (laughs) Cabin Fever? I mean, I
0: feel, it feels like a solid, and maybe this is just, like, me speaking from, like, our current experience, but, like, mm-hmm. a solid six or seven screens. Ooh, okay. okay. Um, maybe closer to seven because, like, gore is
1: not my favorite thing. It gets, favorite, it gets mm-hmm.
0: me. And, like, especially, like, gore that isn't, like, something ripped you apart, like, a monster ripped you apart, but, like, just, like, open wounds and sores and, right. like, something coming from inside you is Absolutely. very scary. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm going to say four screams. Um, wow. Now, I really enjoyed the movie. I want to be clear: this, of course, spooky scale is how scary something was, not how much you liked it or how good it was. Yes, this I is really, true. I really liked the film, but um, there were enough comedic moments where I was not scared. Yeah. That being said, that one shot of Marcy shaving her legs and the skin ripping open—I had to cover my face, which I don't oh normally God. have to do during movies. So, boy, let me tell you, I, that definitely earned a couple more screams. Yeah, for me, that feels like it deserves it. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this. Did it offer you any kind of solace or, or you know, intrigue? Or just... was this at least
0: vaguely escapist from our
1: nightmare reality we're living in? Probably not. But you know, um, we're all trapped in here together. Yes, that here being the human existence, and we appreciate <laughs> you letting us ruin this movie for you. Yes, it's all so right. fun. Alright, until until then guys, stay home. Stay home. And keep stay it sp- home and keep it spooky. And keep it spooky. Okay.
0: Ruined is a radio point production with executive producers
1: Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Sniper.